The opinions expressed on this WebmasterRadio.fm program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and do not reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of WebmasterRadio.fm. Any rebroadcast or retransmission of this program without the express written consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Cover story. Cover a story or attain that coveted story. Get it? That is exactly what you want. Quoted as the expert. The story. Headline. The spin. Every week, join us to talk about all things important to relating to the public. Your public. Craft your image. Promote your products. Create expert status. Become the buzz. Join us with the pros. PR 101. Crisis management. Media blitzing. It's all here on Cover Story. We're reserving a headline for you. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Cover Story. I'm your host, Gian Wei, from PR Web, and today we're going to be talking with Milena Williams, who's a managing partner at PWR New Media, experts in interactive digital communications. Milena has worked in... I'm going to pick that back up. Milena has worked in the digital communications field, focused primarily on the execution of new media releases, newsrooms, e-newsletters, and performance reports for five years. And she's worked with clients ranging from associates to CPG firms to some of the country's largest and most innovative PR firms. Milena, welcome to our show. Thanks. I appreciate you guys having me. Milena, first I'd like to learn a little bit more about you and what you do. How did you get into digital communications? Well, to be honest with you, I was, um, it started out as a part-time job as I was uh, working on my dissertation. Uh, I was working for another group who did, all they did was digital news releases. Um, and the company got bought by some VCs, and they sort of changed their product. And we had all these fabulous clients, and they loved what we had done, and we had a good group of designers and developers. And um, so we kind of banded together and started PWR so that we could sort of serve the needs of our clients. And throughout that time, we also saw how one could take it, you know, a, a step further than, than what it was with that group. So there's an honest you, answer. You mentioned you were so working kind of on your dissertation. It. So did you come to this from academia? Um, I, my background is mostly in marketing, and I took a little time off to hang out in academia and then came back into this. Oh, gotcha. Okay, so you had been working in in marketing prior to entering digital communications. Exactly. Um, And so I guess I'm kind of curious about why why do you think the types of things you were doing for clients were such a big hit? I, I... Honestly, as I, as I say, when I started, we were just focused on the news release part. And I think that at that time, that was five or six years ago, people were basically just doing plain text news releases. And obviously, this was before, you know, the main shift to digital, before all these staff cuts and, you know, the explosion of the web and social media we've seen in the last few years. So, you know, at the time, everybody wasn't recognizing they needed to put images in press releases and so forth, but we were sort of, I guess, at the beginning of that transition. And the clients who used us, you know, knock on wood, they never went away. They found those releases to be so much more effective. And since then, rather than just, you know, at that time we were saying, hey, add some images, add links with background info and bios and so forth, now we're also saying, okay, 
add the video and make sure clients or journalists and bloggers can, you know, download your video, view your video, or most importantly, grab an embed. The more transferable you can make the content in your release, you know, the more effective it's going to be. So, you know, at the time it was just we had a sort of unique product. Other people have Mm -hmm. done these, either, you know, EPKs or e-kits or, you know, we call them new media releases. And the reason we call them that is to sort of, Note that they marry a lot of the main components of a social media release as well as the kind of more old-fashioned, you know, e-kit, IPK type concept. Um, but, who you know, just the, the effectiveness new media of... Who, who is sorry. the new media release for exactly? Like I heard you mention a number of different things, like you want to make sure it has the embed code so I, ostensibly people can share it. Um, you want to, you want to make sure it has collateral and and images which make it easier for journalists to write stories about it but i'm just wondering is there is there one audience out there or is the audience fairly stratified i think the audience is fairly stratified i mean obviously different projects have different audiences we work on things that are just targeted to you know 10 bloggers or something so but as a general kind of broader concept the idea is that your release is no longer just going to the mainstream press. Now it's got to work for search engines. It's got to work for bloggers. It's got to, you know, look decent and make sense when consumers find it online. So there are actually multiple audiences. And, you know, if done well, I think you can, you know, can, can reach the needs of all those audiences. If it's well organized, if, you know, it has enough information, but it's well organized, it looks good, then I think no matter which of those audiences you're targeting, you know, you can you can use one release. I think we're starting to get into the heart of what I want to discuss today, and a lot of this stems from uh, some content that you put together recently, uh, titled "Integrating Inbound and Outbound News Release Tactics and How Social Media Fits into the Mix." Uh, and so, I wanted to talk a little bit about how this process happens, but first, I wanted to to, to try to have a better understanding of what inbound news release tactics are and how they differ from outbound news release tactics. Right, right. Um, we've been asked that a lot lately, which is one of the reasons that we, you know, put together this little, you know, slide share just to kind of explain it a bit. Um, inbound news release tactics, that basically means that people are out there, journalists, bloggers, consumers, searching for your you know, in topics relevant to your news release, and they will find you online. So, you know, you can maximize the online presence of your story through search engine optimization, through web portal syndication, and you hope that when you get the, pre- the, the presence of your release online is, you know, significant enough that people will find you. That's inbound. Um, outbound tactic basically is you are getting your news. This is sort of a more traditional media relations type uh, concept that we're trying to use press releases, you know, as one tactic. Um, but the idea is you share your news with very targeted journalists, um, in some cases when appropriate bloggers, in an effort to get traditional or online exposure through coverage in print, broadcast, you know, online outlets. So whereas with inbound, a lot of times what you find is, um, say, a traditional wire service will, Yahoo Finance will pick up every press release that, you know, a wire puts out. Well, they are literally picking that release up completely. With outbound, what you're looking for is a journalist gets your release, presumably an email, that's how it mostly happens now, and they go, you know what, there's a good story idea here, and they write a story that's, you know, influenced and related to your topic, but it's, you know, not always a cut-and-paste type job. 
So outbound is really what the traditional press release was about, right? I mean, it was about putting Originally, a press yeah. release together, sending it out through fax or email to, to journalists and right. hoping they write a story about it. Right, right. Whereas, whereas what online has done has, has sort of kind of added this extra dimension of inbound where you can get your content syndicated onto, um, onto sites where people are going, makes it more likely for those people to see your, your news content. Or exactly. get it into search engines where people are going and searching for news every day. Okay, so how do you, how do you then sort of balance between inbound and outbound? Well, that was sort of the main message we've um, tried to talk about a little bit because I think a lot of the conversation about this issue with thought leaders and so forth has been inbound versus outbound. Which one should you do? And while we are sort of on the, our skill set and what we do is very firmly in the outbound category, we would ne- okay. almost never say, you know, just select that. There is a synergy between these two things. And it's not difficult, you know, to combine them both, um, you know, there are a few little tricks that make it more effective, but you can do both, and you should be looking for kind of synergies and ways to make, you know, in most cases what you one wants when they're sending out a release is they want their news to get out there, and they want it out there on Google, and they want it in the, you know, print publication of their local community, or, you know, get a little Good Morning America, <laughs> that would be a good one, but, you know, they're trying to do both of those things, so rather than the kind of either-or type false dichotomy, I think that you should look for how can you, you know, marry these two concepts and make them work most effectively for you. We're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, I want to talk more about how one can marry these two concepts of inbound and outbound. Stick around. Cover story. We'll be back after this short break. Friend Finder. Friend Finder. The world's largest online dating network. Featuring over 100 million profiles at hot sites such as Passion.com and FastCupid.com. Represents enormous profit-making opportunities for webmasters just like you. With Friend Finder's ability to geo-target and provide billing solutions in most languages and currencies, you are sure to find our comprehensive network to be a good friend to your wallet. Wallet. Get more traffic-maximizing details now at FriendFinder.com. Are you happy with your landing page performance? Discover how to improve your landing page performance with ConversionCritic.com. Brought to you by Engine Ready. Turn your underperforming landing pages into cost-effective sales-producing machines. Be sure you're not wasting your precious PPC budget. Conversion Critic tools give you the ingredients to create high converting landing pages. You don't have to be an expert to use Engine Ready's Conversion Critic tools, but you'll feel like a landing page pro. Take the guesswork out of increasing your conversion rate. Visit conversioncritic.com and boost your conversion rate for free. That's www.conversioncritic.com. This is a test of the PR Web content and news delivery system from PR Web and PRWebAuthor.com. If this was a real release date, your story would reach more than 30,000 journalists, 250,000 RSS subscribers, and just over 30,000 unique websites. PR Web can reach your target audience online, drive traffic to your website, achieve high rankings on search engines, and get your content on top news sites like Yahoo News. Editors are available 24-7 to help you optimize your content for 
maximum exposure to over 70 million people in the U.S. alone. If this were a real PR web release date, your website would have so much traffic, you'd be tempted to duck and cover. If you have an online marketing emergency, go to prwebeoffer.com for 25% off. PR Web, the premier online news release and content distribution service. Inbox, Wednesdays at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Internet Marketing Channel, only on webmasterradio.fm. Commercials off. Now back to Cover Story. We're reserving a headline for you. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Here's your host. Welcome back to Cover Story. I'm your host, Jian Wei from PR Web, and I am joined here today by Milena Williams, managing partner at PWR New Media. Now, before we broke, we were talking a little bit about how to marry inbound and outbound tactics for news releases. And I wanted to just share, Milena, with you uh, an anecdote um, from last week. Uh, we were actually doing work with uh, a, PR, a PR agency. And we were actually, you know, we're, we're PR web, and we publish a lot of news releases. We have a tendency to go, and we look at what are the more popular news releases, what's getting more traction, what's drawing more search engine coverage, and sometimes we'll share that through Twitter or, or through a blog. And what we saw in the last couple of weeks was uh, some of the more popular news releases, um, and this happens pretty much in any given week, are really sort of a reflection of what people are looking for in the mainstream. And so... Um, there was, uh, I believe, uh, there was, uh, in the last month, there was someone from American Idol, for instance, I think, who, who recently came out of the closet. And someone had, someone was selling, like, pictures of him uh, in eBay. And so they, they put out a news release with this guy's name saying that they were selling pictures of him. And I think because the search volume was so high, people were finding this news release in Google News and Yahoo right. News, and they were going to the, the news release. And, and, and so we were talking about this a little bit with uh, the PR agency, and the PR agency was, like, horrified. They were like, this is, you know, this is not real news. This is, like, sensationalist. This is lowest common denominator. Uh, but at the same time, you know, that news release was viewed by, like, 20,000 people. So right, what, I'm, right. what I'm getting at is how do you negotiate this path between, you know, a real kind of hard-hitting news that is respectable and sort of the news which is more sensationalist when, on the, on the one hand, that sensationalist news is getting low to traffic, but, but on, the, on the other hand, you know, some people may be looking at it with a, a little bit of skepticism. Right, and we've seen similar things on our end, and um, we're, we don't, we don't really, we're not a PR firm, so we don't do that kind of strategic stuff. We sort of execute tactics on behalf of PR firms um, and, you know, other okay. PR professionals. But, um, as, you know, we see a similar kind of thing where sometimes we'll put out releases that are really significant news, and the same day we'll put out some silly little release that's not very meaningful. But if the silly release has a lot more multimedia-type content is a lot richer. A lot of times from at least the back-end metrics we look at, which are kind of HTML email analytics rather than, you know, pick up. But the activity the site will get are substantially greater just because it's richer. Sometimes it looks better. It has multimedia. It's not always just the content. And, we, you know, a few other little tricks make a difference, too. The way releases look in preview panes, Occasionally we'll have clients that want, you know, a dancing clown or something. We'll say, everybody's going to see it looking bad. It, it won't work. But and then, you know, they twist our arm and we do it anyway. 
but, you know, mm-hmm. they don't work. Whereas something that looks great through the preview pane, in spite of all the kind of subject line talk you get out there, that is one of the key things. When, when a journalist gets it, generally the images are blocked, but they need to see the headline, the good content. They need to, at a glance, see all, you know, get the general gist. And if the, the gist is multimedia and it's rich and it's interesting and it's well-written and you've got a reasonable headline that's authentic and clear and concise, you know, that release, sometimes even when it's not as worthy, newsworthy, will perform a little bit better. That doesn't exactly answer your question. It just I, I can just empathize with um, <laughs> similar types of things we see from our perspective. Uh, you're, what you're bringing up, though, is a good point, which is, which is really, you know, the textual content is, is so relevant and so important. I mean, and people may lose sight of that in the midst of all the other things that you can now do with a news release, like, uh, you know, add the social elements and add the multimedia elements. And, and it brings up an interesting uh, debate to me. And, and that debate is, is the social media release. Now, you work very closely with a lot of PR agencies, and I'm guessing there have been more and more inquiries about this new format. Right, and people are confused. And if you look at people who are, you know, vendors who are doing social media releases, it kind of means two different things. The shared meaning, what everybody means, is it has things like social media bookmarks, and maybe it has something like a keyword cloud. We tend to shy away from those because the way we drive our product is by interviewing journalists and bloggers, and they're not fond of the keyword clouds, but, you know, we could drop them in there. Um, But, you know, it has those different kinds of social media elements, sometimes a little um, blog created specifically for the release or a sphere link, you know, those kinds of, we like footprints, so if a client has a Twitter identity and a Facebook identity and a YouTube identity, we'll create a little graphic footprint so that they can invite journalists Mm -hmm. to follow them or befriend them. You know, those are the kind of things everybody agrees a social media release has. But this... There's a little bit of a two different, I think, concepts. Whether the main component is the way they're syndicated online, like you know, a lot of the kind of wires have done, that is more about the inbound type notion. We are going to move the release all the way online. Some of the other social media mm-hmm. folks are just like, add these few components, and your release will just automatically get kind of viral and have this momentum. Well, if you have a big following on Twitter and a lot of people who are tuned into your brand on Facebook and so forth, you know, and you're saying something pretty sexy, maybe it gets momentum on its own. But, you know, most mainstream journalists and bloggers, you know, are not looking for news that way. That's not how they're likely to um, find your story, or at least you shouldn't rely on that, unless, you know, you have a bunch of journalists who are your Facebook friends and things. But, you know, in our ongoing interviews, in our recent survey, only 1% of journalists said they would ever consider using social media as a place to find news. And in ongoing interviews we've been doing recently for our blog, you know, you get this just wide range of opinions from journalists and bloggers on how they feel about social media. Some loving it, far more likely to have a publish a story that has some social media type tile tie. And some of those people are not from, you know, it's not that they're all tech bloggers or something. Sometimes they're from, you know, food publications, but they still want those kind of ties. Whereas others are like, okay, that is just a waste of my time. I don't want anything to do with it. I don't understand it. I feel like people are screaming at me too much. And then the kind of, you know, folks in the middle that are like, you know, I love Facebook, but it's a personal space. I don't want to be pitched on Facebook. So I think the the notion of relying on this sort of viral, everybody's going to find your news and look at your news just through adding a bookmark to a release is probably not, 
realistic for most folks, but to the degree that, you know, it helps your online syndication and you're, you know, doing, adding these components to a wire release or something, then, you know, it certainly, I think, can really help. And it certainly doesn't hurt. It's a lot, a lot of content for people to, to digest. But I want to take a quick commercial break, and when we get back, we're going to help. We're going we're gonna to eat some uh, after-dinner uh, snacks and help digest some of this, and we're going we're gonna to get some tips on, from you on how you can efficiently and effectively maximize your release efforts. Stick around. Cover Story. We'll be back after this short break. Hey, Jim, why are all the coders leaving so early? Doesn't your department have a deadline of, like, midnight or something? Me and my staff are here all night. I saved money on my staffing budget by outsourcing a lot of work to offshoring.com. I told them I needed a coder, and they sent me profiles fast. My staff just filled in the little details, and now we're having margarita night. Offshoring.com. Fast, inexpensive, excellent, and on time. Offshoring.com. So you're telling me your affiliate program on the local Pages Affiliate Network is performing as well as your handicap? Absolutely. Thanks to their top-tier XML feed, I'm able to monetize all of my traffic. They handle all of my volume to anywhere in the world. Plus, I also get high cost per click and the most exclusive of advertisers to work with. You should join the club. Sounds good. I can't wait to join. But first, let's work on that tee shot. Use the power of local pages with over 5 billion searches per month and the largest database of paid search listings. Let Local Pages Affiliate Network personalize your account and give you the search tools and solutions you need. Become a Local Pages Affiliate today with localpages.com. Did you know? 99designs is a leading marketplace for graphic design on the internet. Did you know? 99designs connects you to a community of over 35,000 designers who will compete to do the best work for you. Did you know? 99designs allows you to post projects for logo design, web page design, t-shirt design, and more. Did you know? 99designs projects the average of over 70 different design options for a price that you set. 99designs. When designers compete, you win. Jim Hedger and Dave Davies bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Webcology, Thursdays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Search Engine Optimization Channel, only on webmasterradio.fm. Commercials off. Now back to Cover Story. We're reserving a headline for you. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Here's your host. Welcome back to Cover Story. I'm your host, Gian Wei, and I'm joined by Milena Williams. Uh, before we left, we were talking about all the different things that people need to consider when putting together a new media release. And uh, now I want to get a little bit more tactical, and I want you, the expert, Milena, to share some tips that you've learned along the way uh, that people can kind of take away with them uh, when they're constructing their next release and, and actually just use to construct kind of a, a more innovative, sophisticated release? Well, I'm happy to give you some tips. And as I say, we're sort of more um, experts on the outbound side of it. But because I think a lot of people don't know these things, let me kind of start with just pointing out a few things about how one can maximize their inbound efforts. There are a few things that are useful to know about how portal sites, such as, say, Yahoo Finance or Google News, syndicate the content, how they select and republish releases. Some of the things that's based on is their relationship with the distribution company. Keywords in the release, 
and others are kind of hand-picked based on the topic or the level of the portal-specific interest. Now, because of the relationships that almost all the wires have with these portals, traditional distribution companies um, are much, much better at syndicating online than, say, a group like ours. Um, And in some of these growing social media groups as well um, are, are... some of the wires are kind of adding social media elements, which is, you know, also really effective at moving across, you know, the wire, but or, you know, moving through online. But the, the important thing to know is it doesn't matter in most cases whether you are distributing a release locally or nationally. The syndication is the same. So the key takeaway from here may be, you know, if you want to add a little wire distribution and the wire you're using has a, you know, national distribution versus a small one. Well, you can save some money by, if you're just doing that for the syndication, which is what they're particularly effective at at this point, you know, you can save yourself some money by just choosing the smaller market um, and syndicate just as effectively. So that would be maybe one of the more, I think, fruitful things to know. And just, you know, before I move on to my thing, I would say a few other things are um, always search engine optimize your release, you know, Choose the right keywords. Choose that option when you mm-hmm. distribute them. Use actual URLs written out. A lot of portals won't pick them up. Pick up, you know, anchor text. So if you want a, you know, really important thing and you don't want that to get lost, um, you write out the URLs. For example, the releases we do, we will also put on the wire somehow, and we will write out for multimedia version of this release. Go here, anchor text then write out the whole URL. You also want to keep it short. Some of these portals have, you know, headline limits, character limits, um, and you want to be uh, use your format, formatting sparingly. Some of these portals won't pick up things like um, bullet points. So those would just be a few tips on how to, you know, make the most of that side of the business. As I say, okay. our primary, our primary um, focus is on the outbound efforts. And what we've okay. seen is because of staff cuts, and the growth of the web, journalists have less time to do more work. So the key with these outbound efforts is to give them what they want, how they want it, make it easier for them to cover your story. So, you know, then the question is, of course, what do they want? The way we work, the way we kind of continue to tweak our product is by ongoing interviews, surveys, and so forth of the journalists. And, you know, you can see specifics about those surveys on our site, um, but overall, the, the main one thing we always ask is, how does a journalist want to get email? And, you know, this year about 90% said, or how do they want to get press releases? And this year about 90% said email. That's pretty consistent. And in interviews, we'll say to folks, yeah, but how do you feel about getting emails from somebody you don't know? And they often say things like, well, you know, I mean, how else would I learn new things and how would I meet new people? So journalists, now, you know, bloggers that don't have a background in traditional journalism are a different ball of wax. But, you know, mainstream journalists, they want your email. Now, they don't want you sending stuff that is not relevant to them. So, you know, you've got to stay topical, of course. Um, but they do want to get the information. And once they get it, what they want more than anything else is images. They want text they can grab and, you know, easy grab and drop. They want all the background info. They want very easy-to-find contact information. But one thing to remember, what they don't want are attachments. We do all ours as HTML emails. It's almost like a little website that just goes, you know, the, the tiny little file that goes through email so that you can put all your video, your images, you know, all that kind of stuff in there. And it gives journalists all the raw material they need to cover a story. And we see kind of two types of, re- of journalists out there. 
One type is like, don't spin me. Give me a ton of raw information. I don't want you to, you know, give me any jargon. I will find the story myself. So you want to keep that group in mind. You find another big group of folks who are like, you know, I just want to get home to my kid's soccer game. So, you know, I just want to cut and paste and, and, and do this. And in our recent survey, 60% of journalists told us they are now have online responsibilities, you know, a blog to contribute to or something along those lines, mm-hmm. rather than just their traditional duties. And most of these have got these responsibilities in the last two years. They need digital content. So one thing we're doing more and more of is adding things like, you know, anything with an embed code, for example. So in this year's survey, 35% of journalists told us they wanted video. Well, that may not sound like an impressive figure, but last year it was 20%, and the year before that is 12%. So the consistent questions we've asked over the years, that's definitely the thing that has grown the most. And we are working with a lot of clients who, you know, get a little flash video camera, and they, you know, take video of their, I don't know, doctors, for example, and then they slice it up into five different short clips and do a good caption, we distribute it. We'll use sites like YouTube or Viddler, which is a kind of social media video site. It makes it really, really easy for a journalist to click a button. He, you know, he or she can just view all the video, grab what they want, grab download it if they want to do something to it, grab the embed code. But the transferability of content once you get to a journalist's inbox is really key to how effective your release can be. So when you sit down, you want to think not about, you know, how many words and those kinds of things, but what are all the assets that a journalist might want in hand in order to cover this story easily, quickly, efficiently, because they have so little time, and while they've, you know, while they have less time, they have a lot more work to do. So just give them all the stuff they need to make it real, real easy to put the story together. And, you know, you know I might add, of course, we're adding more and more social media marketing elements well. and one thing that we always preach here, especially with e-commerce, is they'll make it they'll make it really difficult for the customer to end up buying. And it seems like, in some ways, uh, this you can take the same message away with PR because you're really pitching a journalist, and your sale is like you know getting that journalist to write a story about you. And just don't make it hard for them to write a story about you. Right. Give them everything they right. need to make an educated decision, and if they do decide exactly. to write about you, give them everything they need to write about you without having to kind of go back and forth, and you're probably going to be more likely, um, you know, if you have a good story, to, to have it actually written in that case. That's exactly right. And, um, yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, obviously, the more, you know, content you can give them, the easier it is for them to mm-hmm. forge ahead with it. Well, uh, we could talk for hours here, um, but... Our show is coming to an end, and uh, at this point, what I would like to do is uh, just provide you with an opportunity to tell our listeners how they can learn more. I mean, in particular, I would be really interested in learning more about some of the different surveys you've put out there and, um, and things like that. So how can they learn more about some of the things you've referenced on today's show? Well, we um, most of it is on our website at pwrnewmedia.com. Um, we also have a okay. blog that a lot of this stuff, um, these ongoing you know, interviews with the press are on our blog. It is releaseit.pwrnewmedia.com. Um, so those are two of the places where you know, we have a resource gallery on our website with all the information we do. And also if you go to our site, you can subscribe to our newsletter. We send out a quarterly newsletter and then you know, maybe one other thing a quarter with these slide shares like we're discussing here 
with information on the interviews, with information on the surveys, as we continue to communicate with the with the media, with other thought leaders in this space. You know, we we push that information out to our subscribers so that they can, you know, keep up to date on what we're seeing work, what doesn't work, you know, case studies, things like that. We we continue to push out. So those are the best places to get us. Subscribe to our list or, you know, occasionally visit our blog. And, of course, people are always welcome to contact me directly. I, like uh, many of the journalists we interview, are happy to hear from and meet new folks. So you can call us up, 312-924-4224, or, you know, just grab our, our email address from our website and get in touch anytime. Well, great. It's been a pleasure talking with you, Milena. Uh, we've been talking with Milena Williams from PWR New Media, uh, experts in interactive digital communications. Uh, and on behalf of our listeners, I'd like to thank you for joining us here today on Cover Story.